Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Did you realize you're full of treasure inside? This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, and we have Ron Price with us today, uh, really the the force behind the podcast, the Complete Leader Program, and also the author of Treasure Insight. In fact, right now, in my hand, I have my signed copy. I'll say the book is definitely a treasure. Uh, I have a row of books on my bookshelf that are signed by authors, and this one was right in the middle, easy to find. So, Dale, Dale excuse me. Yes. Actually, I'd rather not talk about that today. I've been thinking for quite a while. You've done it. First of all, congratulations. You've done a terrific job sponsoring this podcast. I don't know how many episodes we have now, but it's dozens of episodes at this point. And really, I want to tell you how much we appreciate your commitment to host this podcast for us week in and week out. But you're always interviewing us or you're interviewing one of the leaders that we found who's excellent in some area. I want to turn the tables on you today. Today, I'm going to interview you. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, you're the boss, <laughs> so I don't. I probably don't have much choice, do I? No, you don't. And okay. I've been looking forward to uh, springing this on you for some time. So, first of all, Dale, tell us a little bit about yourself. I, I know, but I, our audience doesn't know about you. And you've you've had a pretty interesting life up to this point. So you can start back on the farm. You can start anywhere you'd like. Life is life is fun, and you've really caught me completely off guard. So let me just stumble and bumble my way um, through this. I'm an Idaho kid, born and raised, and uh, grew up, as you said, on a farm. The uh, we raised hops and mint, and as a kid, I uh, I have an amazing family, and uh, watched the watched the struggles, participated in the struggle, and and by the time I hit about seventeen, said you know I just I need more control over the future than I have in spending all uh, spring and summer preparing a field and then watching a hailstorm come through and and really wipe it out. And I thought, and I had an opportunity to get in front of a microphone at a radio station at uh, 17 years old, and jumped at the opportunity, which sparked a love of broadcasting, and led me down the career path of of being a broadcaster uh, and news broadcaster. So I started in radio, moved into television, was a television news anchor, news director for, I've been at all three affiliates, ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, was on the East Coast for a while, said we had to come home and, and moved to Maine, uh, was in Maine, had to come home and and uh, took a job in Boise as a, as an anchor and then saw that, uh, you know, you've got kids and, and uh, we had a great home and close to extended family and this is where we wanted to raise our family, and so we got out of the news business. And that's when I met Ron Price. I was uh, had gone to work for a mayor to start the city's first public information officer and uh, met you through that process. And then also I met some of your kids and just was in awe of your family and uh, in awe of what you have done and what you've accomplished. Through that uh, point... Took a job with a state rural development agency leading the effort across Idaho. Got to meet a lot of people. Had to be cleared to take the job through Idaho's congressional delegation. So uh, I got to know a lot of people. And then I got a phone call from a CEO of the Better Business Bureau in Idaho who said, Hey, uh, I'm going to be moving on and I want, you to, I want you to throw your name in the hat to take my position. And at this point, you were the, uh, 
you are the chair of the board of the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> and I got to back up for just a second, Dale, because you met me after you went to work for the mayor, but actually I met you several years earlier. Oh, did I miss it? No, you didn't. It's because I was watching you every morning on the local NBC affiliate. Okay. So I felt, I felt like I knew you. <laughs> and then after you'd taken the role at the mayor's office, I do remember running into you uh, one morning at a coffee shop and you had taken your, at that time, your two young children out for breakfast. And I uh, went over and introduced myself because you knew my son, Dan, before you ever knew me. Yeah. And that was, you're correct, that was the spark of our friendship. And now we get back to the Better Business Bureau, and I'm I'm the chairman of the local Better Business Bureau at the time. And, of course, I knew you, so when our current CEO announced to me that she was uh, planning to take a position at the corporate headquarters of the Council of Better Business Bureaus in D.C., we talked about you, she reached out to you. I felt a little bit awkward because here I was the chairman, and I was afraid it was going to be a conflict of interest. So... I was still responsible for guiding the search for the new CEO, but when it came time to vote for who was who we were going to ask to take the position, I recused myself because I just knew that I had such a strong bias for what a great job I thought you would do that I thought I better step back and let the rest of the board vote, and they voted unanimously for you. Oh, wow. And, uh, and that got me into the Better Business Bureau, where I'm still at today, but there, it's a different position. So it, it was a uh, tumultuous time because right after I, I came on board, that was uh, the end of 2007, the economy tanked. And I'll tell you what, to be uh, in an organization that focuses on small business as small business is trying to keep the doors open and in a recession, is uh, that was challenging. I, a, a character builder, huh? Character builder. I learned a lot through that process and so fortunate to have you right along for a lot of that and uh, leaned on the board of directors heavily through that process. We came out the other side and uh, started really, we, we had to do some rebuilding and uh, we doubled our size uh, by 2010 and uh, brought in and, and merged with another Better Business Bureau. And I got the taste of, of merging and, and saw that it was an important way to grow and to improve our ability to serve the public and had the conversation with the board, which led last, uh, let's see, so in early, uh, t in mid-2015, led to more merger conversations. And I'm just going to fast forward. We had another merger between three BBBs, became the largest, covering all of Alaska, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, and Western Wyoming. And in the process, I wrote my own job description and said, I want to be the chief innovation officer out of this. And, uh, and that's what I do now. That's fantastic. So tell us, what is a chief innovation officer of the Better Business Bureau of the Northwest do? I like to say I play the part of mad scientist in the back room coming up with new ways to make Better Business Bureau more relevant for businesses to be better in, in the marketplace, to be more profitable, to attract and keep customers and do it all by doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, and by making us much easier for the person who's looking to buy a product or a service uh, to find a trustworthy business. So I, I'm here to help both the business and the person by making BBB more relevant and easier to use. 
So we, we do have a lot of listeners that are from outside of the United States, uh, outside of North America. And uh, even folks in the North America may be a little bit unsure about what the Be Better Business Bureau is all about. So you've told us that it's to help the business person, but also to help the consumer. How do you do that? What, are, what are, In practical ways, what are you doing to help each of those stakeholders? Yeah, I'll give you the 30-second history, uh, which really explains it well. Uh, the uh, group of executives, uh, Coca-Cola uh, was right in the middle of the mix. Uh, we're sitting around the, the table having a conversation, and the Coca-Cola head of marketing uh, said, you know, I took an ad to our, our attorney to look it over, and he says, you know what, it really doesn't matter what I think. Nobody believes advertising anyway. None of it's true. Oof. And the... Uh, and it really set that marketing executive on his heels and said, wait a minute. He said, we've got this powerful communication tool. And if, if nobody trusts us, how will we communicate the value of our products and what it can do for people in a viable message? So they said, you know, if we're going to do this, let's set, put together a set of standards, hold one another accountable to those standards, and self-regulate. And out of that was born Better Business Bureau. And it was started by a group of business people who said we want to self-regulate, we want to create a, a way for people to interact with businesses if, if there is a problem, and to grow trust. And the organization has changed and evolved with technology and everything else, but it be, still at, the, at its core, it's about a business being trustworthy and a person being able to find a trustworthy business and understanding that it's an interaction. And whenever you have two human beings interacting at some point, there's probably going to be a breakdown in communication and Better Business Bureau is there to step in, build the bridges, tear down the fences and help restore communication in those situations between the person and the business. So do you have any idea how many um, of those challenges between customer and business the Better Business Bureau gets involved in on a yearly basis? Ooh. That's a great question. Um, uh, hundreds of thousands per year, millions in our um, in our history. Wow! And you're really acting as a facilitator or a mediator to help the two sides understand each other and come to uh, m hopefully most of the time uh, an acceptable resolution if there's conflict. Or for those people who are more proactive, to give them a place to go so that they understand the reputation of a business before they ever begin to do work with them. Yeah, that's what we, you know, the, the sincere hope is step number one, check with us before you buy so you know exactly what the reputation of the business is. And you'll see that an A-plus business that's, that's made a commitment to uphold the standards is more likely to treat its customers better and to offer a, and offer a product or a service they stand behind and, and they do the right thing because the the, it's the right thing to do. All that said, people will still go out and make those impulse purchases. Better Business Bureau is there to help resolve some of the issues that arise uh, out of that uh, when people misunderstand or when a business doesn't follow through as promised. And uh, simple, at its most simple form, we just reestablish a line of communication. And 99% of the time, just reestablishing that line of communication as an independent third party usually helps to resolve whatever dispute there is. However, in the times where that doesn't work, we do have formal mediation and arbitration uh, available for businesses and, and the buyers. So it's, it's, all, it's the full package there to help rebuild the lines of communication. 
So I want to talk about a few other things, but before we go there, in today's digital world, does the Better Business Bureau have an app for your iPhone or your Android? You know, I think apps are gone. Um, so, and and what we see in, in the future and where we're going into the future uh, deals with messaging services, and uh, it, we're working in artificial intelligence, we're working in augmented reality, and we, uh, you know, we're we're. If, if it's not out by the time this podcast is released, it's going to be out really soon. We've got an artificial intelligence engine that's going to sit within Facebook Messenger. So you go to our Facebook page, and you just can start a conversation with us through Messenger and find what you need, see what, see information about a business, and better understand what that business's reputation is. And uh, that's where we're really pushing right now is into artificial intelligence, augmented reality. So the augmented reality, just to give you an idea, if you're on a street and you're looking at a row of businesses, you can pull out your iPhone or your your Android device, open up the camera, uh, and just look up and down the street, and we will superimpose the reputation information of the business right there on your screen as you look at the business. Wow. And we see that's really the future of where we're going at going, and that's that's some of the that's the that's the fun mad scientist stuff that I get to play around with. <laughs> that's terrific. Great. Well, while we still have some time in today's podcast, I also want to talk a little bit about another part of your career because for more years than you've been a part of the Better Business Bureau, you've had a business called Dale Dixon Media. Tell us a little bit about that and what you do. All those years of putting a microphone in front of somebody and then having a microphone put in front of me as part of that broadcast news experience, I saw I saw the great and I saw the challenge. Uh, and and it really, it was, it was difficult to, to put the microphone in front of somebody's face and watch them freeze up with, uh, with anxiety, sometimes just overall fear, not know what to say, not know how to say it because they let that camera and microphone just completely overwhelm them. Out of that was born Dale Dixon Media, the idea that I want to help people perform their best on stage and in front of the camera. And especially now where everything we do is has the potential to be video. You think about webinars, you think about what's happening on YouTube, it's the number one search engine. When you think about Snapchat, we're using video now so much and using it well uh, takes a different skill set. And so I like to help people understand what that skill set is, how to use it, and how to get the most out of video and make the most out of video as a communication tool. So do you think you ended up there because this came natural for you? You just automatically enjoyed it and you're automatically <laughs> good at it? Absolutely not. Oh, it still makes me cringe. Uh, I actually have audio tapes of of some of my first radio shows, and I, I can't go back and listen to them. Um, I don't know why I'm saving them, uh, but I, I can't turn loose, but I still can't listen because it was so bad. And I had to learn so much through the process. And if you've ever been through some of the workshops, you, you hear more stories of me failing uh, at, in front of the microphone than you hear about success. So it's something that we've got to work on on a continual basis. And I like to think of it as working on our communication skills all the time. So in the off chance we get in front of a microphone or a camera, we're able to communicate effectively. So who's the ideal person who would benefit from working with you and how could they engage you? What does that look like? The uh, in, 
if you are a person who needs to sit down in front of a video camera to be interviewed, if you want to seek out news media attention, or if you want to be interviewed for for a podcast, if you want to create some of your own YouTube videos, or if you want to be prolific in Snapchat, uh, those are the types of people, anybody who needs to improve their performance in in front of a camera or in front of a microphone or get on stage and communicate a message effectively. I have a set of tools to help you do that from a book that's out that uh, we call Sweating Bullets to to a, to a workshops to, to specific uh, one-to-one coaching that will help you perform on stage or in front of a microphone. That's great. In a moment, I'm going to ask how people can get in touch with you, but Sweating Bullets, a story about overcoming the fear of public speaking, I really enjoyed this uh, when I first read it. It's really a fictional story about somebody who was a good leader but had never thought it was important to develop their speaking skills and how their speaking skills became a potential fatal flaw in their career and then how a friend helped them turn that around and become quite proficient. Is It, it, it is a novel, but is it based on a true story or did you just... Make this up in your dreams. No, it was it was based on a true story, fictionalized account. But I was in a in an auditorium with about a thousand other people, and I watched the CEO of a major major uh, publicly traded company get up on stage, and uh, the powerpoints didn't work. He couldn't figure out how to make the powerpoints work. He lost his page. He lost his place with the notes, and uh, literally uh, just imploded up there on stage in front of this group. And my heart broke for this person. And I said, "There's got to be something I can do to help." With now 30 years of experience on stage and in front of a microphone, I've learned a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes, and so I thought there's got to be a way I can help. And out of that came the book. No, that's terrific. Based on that story. So the first thing that somebody who wants to get better at being in front of the camera, in front of the microphone, as you said, first thing they can do is pick pick up a copy of the book, and I'm assuming you can get it on Amazon. Is it available as an ebook? It is. uh, So you can get it. It's ebook, audio, or you can go the traditional route as well. Um, all three versions are available. The uh, The audiobook is getting a lot of traction. It's kind of fun to, to watch all over the world how the audiobook is is selling every month. So that's that's a lot of fun. And are you the reader? I am. Yeah, I recorded oh, the audiobook and, and produced it myself because of my broadcast background. But this this we are really careful, Ron. I'm going to take back over the podcast. We're really careful in this podcast to give people actionable things that they can put into practice immediately. So I, w- I want to give just one tip. Uh, if you are recording a podcast or if you're recording um, a webinar, you're going to provide your clients a webinar, you're going to do something, even if you're just engaging with somebody face-to-face via a video call, here's the deal. Get that camera that's taking a picture of you at eye level. Even if you're using a laptop, you need to put books underneath it, get it at eye level and plug some kind of a microphone into your laptop. Uh, uh, Even if it's a pair of earbuds with the microphone in line underneath one of the earbuds, use that so that you have good audio quality and so that you're looking at the person with whom you're communicating face to face. Be very aware of your background so that you're not having bright windows or lights in the ceiling behind that are visible uh, so we can see you. Uh, And the idea is we never want to create a distraction. 
for your audience, whether it's one person, 10, per, 10 people, or 100 people. You want to remove distractions because we all have an attention span of about eight seconds. And that eight-second attention span means we're easily distracted by bright lights, weird backgrounds, weird clothing, different camera angles that look up your nose, all those things. So if you can just walk away from this podcast, forget all the other, other stuff, but just remember, eye-level eye, uh, camera and a good microphone, you will become a much better communicator using the digital options in front of you as far as your laptop, your iPhone, your iPad, and other things. Dale, you're a great coach, and you are a terrific expert in helping people become more influential and powerful in the way that they communicate. And I, for a long time, have wanted to say this next sentence. You've been listening to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. And if you can go to iTunes and give us a rating, we'd love for you to give us the highest rating possible for this podcast where we interviewed Dale Dixon. And next week, we'll be back with another episode of the Complete Leader Podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 